Ryan, this weekend's going to be a big weekend, March Madness. I am going to be watching all the games. However, I don't always like listening to the announcers. So what I do is I put on my favorite service. That's Amazon Music. And I listen to, right now, a lot of old school Nelly. I'm very into the early 2000s, late 90s. Deep, deep cut today with Breakfast at Tiffany's and Third Eyed Blind, semi charm kind of life. Yeah, so I I don't know I've I've been pretty uh pre- pretty stagnant in my music here. I'm I'm actually gonna check and see what I've been listening to. Oh, I had a little uh you talk about a little bit of a throwback today, um, but today as we record, yesterday now, I was on a Slipknot kick. Mm. I, I just I just let Slipknot play through and whatever was coming up I was listening to. But if you want a great Slipknot deep cut from their first album, it's the song Prosthetics. I had to seek that one out. I had to seek that one out specifically because that's not one of the popular ones, um, but you can find it on Amazon music on their first album. Uh, but no matter what you listen to, whether it is Slipknot, whether you're listening to third eye blind, whether you want a mix of everything, you want to throw some Nelly in there to create your own playlist, find playlists that are catered to you. You can do it on Amazon music. And when you sign up, make sure you sign up using the link, get Amazon music.com backslash two Ryan sports to sign up at $7.99 a month. It takes in all of your music. You can have purchases. You can buy albums sent directly there, but you have unlimited access to thousands upon thousands of songs. Make those playlists, listen to what you like. Again, check out some prosthetics, find something new that you like. Maybe you're a country fan. Listen to the newest country, listen to old country. You a Johnny Cash fan? No, but I did uh, have Will Smith pop up on the Amazon Music playlist today. I do like how you equated Johnny Cash to Will Smith. That's, I uh, mean, well, Wild Wild West is, I guess, a country song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's, that's the best parallel we can draw between Will Smith and country music. So we'll, uh, we'll stick with that. But no matter what you're a fan of, find it on Amazon Music. Put some Johnny Cash and Will Smith in the same playlist. Get Amazon Music dot com backslash two ryan sports to sign up today now let's get to the show all right ryan are you ready i'm ready let's do it i had to i had to think about it for one second and now i'm ready i mean because you know what you know what it is i mean it is we didn't have this last year so we didn't have conference week we didn't have march madness we're back. We're in the saddle. But, um, and I didn't do my normal, all right, we're back. There we go. I, I got that under the way. But I'm on vacation right now. I, I, I know you can see through the Zoom, but we're still doing our tradition of you have something on at your house. I have something on at the house that I'm currently at. Um, this house is nice. Yeah, your house, uh, I, I even saw whenever I came in, I forgot that you were on vacation this week. So whenever I logged on to our Zoom, I was like, oh, upgrade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, from the shovel in the background to a fireplace. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, you still have to look at all my concert posts. No, hey, that, that's fine. Um, I do want to say, though, um, uh, the people's house that I'm staying at, um, uh, Nick and Emily, uh, Mark and Meg, um, you know, I try not to do personal shout outs on this, um, but uh, I mean, I am more than grateful. These, these people uh, have been nothing but uh, amazing people to me, uh, letting me stay at their house this weekend, um, you know, for March Madness. Um, so I, I can't even explain how grateful I am. And 
the fact that I'm getting to do my podcast in their house, that that's just uh, icing on the cake. I was going to say, what a better place to do it. I mean, and to have, um, we're also thankful for good internet to, to be able to record it. Yeah. So I did test the speed um, and not to get real nerdy into that, but I have great speed um, and, and we'll see how that goes. I think this is the first time back-to-back weeks we uh, haven't had a guest, right? I mean, we didn't have a guest last week, or did we? I, I, I can't remember. We had David. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Um, but that's okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to get them when we can. Uh, we're working on some uh, behind-the-scenes uh, guests. And, Ryan, I have some old-school wrestling on before we get started. Yeah, speaking of behind-the-scenes, whenever you said I have one, um, some old WrestleMania and I see Spike Dudley being thrown through a cable. And I just saw, um, was that yeah. Bubba Ray from the top rope? What a, yeah, that's a, that's a throwback. That's, yeah, that's quite a scene. Um, so let's get into the hot take. Um, it is your turn. And before we get started, as always, as tradition, March 20th. 19th. You're close. It's March Madness. It all it all falls together. Yeah, no, it, it, it's all going to blend together, especially on Friday and Saturday, uh, Saturday. The first two days where games like, well, the first four days, it's like that anyway. Games are going to go until like one in the morning. Yeah, you're just blending your days because of looking at your bracket too much or all the brackets that you've submitted to all of your favorite platforms. So yeah. all good. It, it works. Um so I have I have a couple a um, couple different sports. I have some football. I have a baseball take too, but uh, the first one here may not be quite a super hot take. This is more of my mild hot take, if you will. Um, the Raiders' outlook is not looking great for 2021, in my opinion. Uh, there's been some reports of potential turmoil, but also the fact that they are just seemingly not making great free agency decisions by letting players go and trading players. Uh, Senator Rodney Hudson was traded to the to the Cardinals. Uh, they signed Kenyon Drake to a contract, which is which. There's nothing wrong with signing Kenyon Drake to a contract, but about twelve million dollars over a couple seasons. That just that that seems to be um, seems to be a reach in the in the realm of free agency, especially when running backs are plentiful in this year's draft. Um, you know, I know we're I know we're still supportive of them, and I really thought last year was the opportunity for them to do it. But everything started to fall off, and and unfortunately, I don't think they're going into twenty twenty one with a uh, with a firm step into going into this season better. I think that they almost are regressing, and we're really going to have to speak their success into existence if we want to see them in the playoffs. I mean, that's perfect timing. I don't know if you even like planned that, but as you were finishing your point, I mean, there was a three D right through the table. So I mean, you basically hit the nail on the head. I've always related very heavily to Bubba Ray Dudley doing 3Ds through tables. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, no, the rate – look, we are still a Vegas Raiders podcast. The, the problem, I think, with them going forward is they feel like the last two off-seasons they've dangled with, uh, are they going to get Tom Brady? Are they going to get Russell Wilson? And, and they're in the news all the time. And I'm starting to think – I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback, but I'm starting to think that affects his confidence a little bit, to be honest with you. I know they're, him and John are neighbors, but, I mean, let's be honest. If you're a quarterback of the team and you're continuing to start week after week after week and not being injured and you keep hearing these reports of, hey, we're going to replace you – that has to get under your skin. And like, he, he's not going to say that to the media because he's going to give a canned answer, but let's be honest, it's going to affect him. I think that the next biggest problem is 
where their strength was early in the season when we talked to Colleen down the stretch. Their strength was still on the defensive side of the ball. It really was running the ball with Josh Jacobs, those kind of things. They, they use play action very well in the West Coast uh, system under John. But as the last three, four weeks of the season progressed, that became a huge weakness for them. So I think, if anything, they need to bolster the defensive line because Max, Cros Max Crosby is probably their most stout guy on that defensive line. If, if you look at the way he's played since his rookie year, there's a reason he was nominated as one of the rookie defensive players of the year in 2019. I think they take a step forward this year instead of a step back, but it, it could have the same effect like last year. Even if I think they take a step forward, they might – end up being six and two and then up end up being six and 10 because their struggles really do come to fruition. It seems like the last two or three seasons, especially since John's been there where they start strong or good and then they fall down the stretch. I also just want to comment real quick. I was looking behind you. Was that dude? I, I know you have it muted, but was that Creed performing? Yeah, I think so. I think Creed, and right now I see Kurt Angle um, is square. Uh, yes, that is Creed. Uh, no, Saliva, I'm sorry. Oh, it is, it's Saliva. Okay. Well, that could, yeah, that could make fans mad. But if you're getting mad over my association of Creed and Saliva, just. It's 2002 right now where I am. Yeah, I, I told Ryan off air. He said Saliva's performing this show. I said, you didn't have to tell me. I knew it was 2002. <laughs> so that, that. That makes a lot of sense. But so looking looking back to the Raiders here, we'll get off saliva and we'll talk about them when we talk about Amazon Music. But um, looking at the Raiders and, and just looking at the free agency side of this, so one, one point I want to bring up is, is about the spenders and free agency. So I know this isn't a direct tie to the Raiders, but they seem to be one of those teams that tries to, you know, potentially make a splash signing or uh, we joke about it, but there is some truth to it, to them just drafting the fastest guy in the draft every year. So looking at free agency, the two teams that have spent the most money have the worst records, the Jets and the Jaguars. So there's not really anything that, that associates spending money in free agency with having success. So maybe there is a little bit of truth to, uh, you know, you only make some smaller signings. Look, I understand Kenyon Drake's not a, a big signing, but I'm just looking at it from uh, the running back market is very quiet and it's very small. Uh, Aaron Jones certainly signed back with Green Bay, but I think he's on the top end of that and was certainly retained. I, I just, I don't know if Oakland's making, or Oakland, I'm, I'm still in 2019, but I don't know if Vegas is making the, the right moves right now. Um, I don't know if you were one of those people that whenever they hired Mike Mayock, if you were confused by it, excited by it, I I just didn't know if a draft analyst was the person that you wanted in your GM role personally. Now, certainly I'm not sitting in a GM chair, but it, it seemed like a weird move to me. And, and based on the results of the past couple free agencies and the past couple drafts, they might be heading down that road. But I think your point about De or, uh, Derek Carr is spot on because it, it is tough to move forward as, as the guy. I mean, the quarterback really is the guy in every franchise, right? You, you expect your quarterback to be the leader of that team and be the guy that carries you where you need to go. I mean, if, if you're talking about replacing him with different people every season, of course it's going to affect his confidence. And But can you also imagine him like wanting to watch tape and if he's neighbors with John Gruden, him just knocking on the door being like, we can go down to the war room, man. We can watch some tape and do some spider-wide tube. And I'd be like, no, thanks. Oh, wow. We're Limited John Gruden impression. Yeah, so we'll we'll – we'll just table that. But at the same time, 
I didn't have time to prep my John Gruden, so it might not have been as good as I have in the past. But yeah, I, I think the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders are in a weird spot right now because I think they're still middle of the pack. But I think the draft and the other decisions that they make in free agency are going to affect what twenty twenty one looks like. When you talked about the running back market, I thought about Vegas because do they really need a running back? They have Josh Jacobs, maybe a solid two. You can draft something like that in the draft. But like when I'm sitting and I'm reading on NFL.com, James White signs a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. That doesn't scream headline to me. That screams like a cliff note and it shouldn't be a headline. And what we're going to look at it come playoff time because Tom Brady's Benjamin Button is James White was uh, the piece that Tampa Bay needed to repeat. And it's, it's not going to be that, but so my first hot take is Peacock just does all the right things. And the reason I bring that up, WWE comes out today. Now they they're having some bugs. Not going to lie to you. Um, there were things that were promised on there. Like the whole library was going to be on there day one. Maybe that'll come in time, but like, None of the stuff that they promised, like tough enough, so raw, whatever. But one thing that they're doing, a promotional tool, which is amazing, it's probably going to get them subscribers too, to be honest with you. They're putting the office for free for a limited time. I believe it's 30 days on office. So all nine seasons for free, um, you know, and it, it's going to have ads, but I mean, it, it's still something, I, I think, for diehard office fans versus nothing. I think what's happening is, NBC Universal, Peacock, whatever it is, they're trying to find tools because they lost the NHL. The Olympics still aren't until summer. The NFL is only one game a week when they have that. I want to know what they're going to do going forward, but I feel like they're, they're taking the right steps. So I, I think that, I think that there's probably just hiccups with that, that you don't, that not you personally, but just that people don't understand on the back and opportunity to put stuff on there. But I think Peacock has to be strategic about this. Um, with, with adding all these things, just because, you know, we talk about it almost weekly, just because it seems to always be in the news is, is, is Disney plus kind of starting to be the top streaming service. I mean, they're not quite there yet as far as subscribers, but you know, I've, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I have not heard anything about Paramount plus except for the stupid ad that I seem to get every time I log on Facebook. And it's funny how it's only angry reacts on it because they like bill it with, um, it's like Stephen Colbert and Trevor Noah and, and a couple other people. And like, everyone's like, and yeah, yeah. They're like, bill me SpongeBob. Like if you bill me SpongeBob, I'm probably more likely to sign up for it. And I'm like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong with, with Paramount. But I, I think that, I think that one other thing, and, and I, I don't want to get into it too much because I feel that you might talk about it too, but the NFL's conversations um, as they um, talk about what's coming next for them and their contracts. Uh, there's a lot looming large when it comes to streaming services right now. And, and even, even as we move into the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of movement. And I think you're going to see the death of some of these streaming services too. Some of them won't stick around, but uh, it looks like Peacock's making all the right moves, but you want to, you want to keep subscribers happy and keep giving them the best content. And, and when you start to fall behind and don't do that, people are going to, people are going to lose out, but I'm sure there are a lot of wrestling fans that are happy. And, and even as not a diehard wrestling fan, I'm happy because I get to see a little bit of throwback behind you here today uh, on, on Peacock. Yeah. So we'll always be in a time machine. We'll either be in Saturday night live or we'll be in old school wrestling, but yeah, no, I mean, 
it's for someone like myself who's already a subscriber i think it's just a cool addition because i am a wrestling fan and um i think after we talked to coach even though he's not in that world anymore it actually kind of triggered my fandom back into hardcore where i was just casually reading you know what i mean like that's what i do with baseball sometimes casually might not watch a game for like two weeks and then turn on sunday night baseball and you know i'm, I'm falling asleep so mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, you know, typically we trade back and forth, but I'll actually, because you bring that up, I'll go into my next uh, point, which mm-hmm. is the NFL TV deal. Um, it, you know, <laughs> I, I want to ask you this, and this is really what my question is. So th- they're making this TV deal, right? And I, and I have the article pulled up just to make sure that I get the specifics right. ESPN, ABC. Right. Fox, CBS, NBC, right. Amazon, NFL Network through the 2033 season. Right. Man, that's a far way away. But ABC picks up two Super Bowls during the deal. The first one in 2026. Uh, I wonder if Texas plays Georgia that year. I, um, like in a home and home series. You said 2034, and I was like, oh, I think Alabama and Ohio State announced the home and home for that year. Yeah, right. Uh, fifth graders who are, um, you know, in primary school right now will be playing in that game i i just don't know what the nfl sees in traditional tv is it the is it just the fact that they're comfortable with their partners or is it the fact that they don't want to pursue these other other avenues because let's be honest they've dipped their toes in the amazon water for years years now but they haven't fully leaked i mean even i don't know if you remember this you remember uh, there was a game played on yahoo um it, it was a london game it was jacksonville baltimore in like 2017 yes nfl has done that year after year i mean even the arizona game that we talked about this past season with arizona and san francisco that was exclusively amazon i don't understand why they aren't pursuing other avenues now maybe when it comes to sunday ticket they will still keep the broadcast partners but put it on streaming i just i mean nfl's king but I, I don't know. They, they have to find a different avenue because they have to pivot or, and get with the times or they have to die because more and more people are cutting cords. And like, you know, you still have YouTube TV with Fox, CBS, NBC, those, those channels. But let's be honest, sometimes people would rather watch it the day after or on demand. That's what the NFL streaming services, you, you pay, I think it's like 20 bucks and you watch games commercialists starting at 8 p.m. So I don't know. I, I don't understand it. I know. I, I think back to our conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how long it was now, but about which streaming services you sign up for, what do you buy? Um, it, and it depends what you watch, right? So I think that there's always going to be, even in a world where we don't have, what's the best way to say this? Even in a, even in a world where we don't have the reliance, I suppose, on major networks, because I don't think people are necessarily clamoring to Fox or NBC for all their favorite things now. I mean, certainly there's shows that people like on there. You know, I'm not, I'm not knocking them, but um, point is, is we don't have that same reliance. It's not the nineties, right? We're not waiting for the next episode of Seinfeld or the next episode of friends. We have ways to do it. Now we have ways to, to, to get those and even do it the next day. We don't have to be in front of our TVs. It's kind of the same for the NFL. And, and I think it's the same way for sports too, because 
when when you look at an opportunity like like what we have and like what you had or, or still have with like a fubo or a youtube tv or, or sling when you can still get those networks but doing in a streaming platform that's what you have to look at because you can keep i think the nfl can keep its fox and cbs contract whatever i mean keep that that's fine please don't let dan fouts do any more Steeler games other than that i'm fine point is you have to move it into that. You you also have to focus on that streaming model, right? Because that's kind of where we're headed. So I think the NFL can continue to be on these networks, but I think you're just going to see more and more people sign up for these, for these other services that are streaming services because that's where we're headed. So more people will be Fubo subscribers. More people will be YouTube TV subscribers. They don't care about all the alternative networks. So even though that the world is not necessarily dependent on that, um, that like kind of waiting model of when's the next episode coming out? Well, I can watch it on Netflix tomorrow. The NFL will always have that currency point of it to say, okay, it has to be at this time. So you're going to sign up for TV, but I think you have to just include the digital subscribers in this world too, because that's, that's where a lot of this next generation is going to come from. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't even think I need to elaborate on, on that because you're exactly right. I, I think really the interesting thing about the whole deal is ESPN kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. They finally get a Super Bowl. You know, it, it's five years away, but they finally will have a Super Bowl in, in 2026 when um, they have that Super Bowl. It'll be the first one since 2005. So. Yeah, that. Ooh, 2005. No, that was, that was, that, the, yeah, no, that was the, uh, the Pittsburgh, uh, Seattle. Uh, was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good Super Bowl. That's the first championship I ever watched any of my teams win. So that was, that's a nice feeling. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun feeling. Even as a, we were in what, like fifth or sixth grade, even as a young yeah. kid, that was a cool feeling. And both when we still had hair. Yeah. Well, i I didn't have much, but Herlacker didn't have hair. <laughs> now he has a full head. Right. And, and I've given him mine. So yeah. that, that's where we're at. I didn't know if you knew I was friends with Brian Erlacher, but here we go. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll make sure to get trading, it trading, yeah. trading hair. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of levels to that, but I, I think just the streaming model is, is where you want to look at it. And I know that there's a lot of talk too, just among, um, executives and stuff in the NFL too, and not to keep going down this hole, but apparently like streaming numbers are not counted the same whenever it comes to, you know, like live numbers and how many viewers are this, you have to find a way to do that because those people are watching too. Trust me, when, when the penguins come on, I'm watching that. And if you're not counting me as a subscriber because I'm on Fubo, I think that's dumb mm. because I'm still watching it live. I'm just watching it in an alternative platform. The, the idea is not to get rid of cable and get rid of TV. The idea is, is to give us more current options than, than what we have. We don't have to rely on, on pulling satellites out of the back of our TV and making sure they're touching the right anymore. We, we have options. Yeah. But, all right, so I'm going to go with my baseball take here. Um, I'm going to save my last and potentially hottest take for, for last with football. Um, going into baseball, so season is um, just under two weeks away now for opening day. 
I think we kind of have an expectation of obviously who the best teams are, but overall, I think this is going to be the most fun baseball season we've had in 20 or 30 years. And the reason I say that is, is just based on the current world climate of where we're at, the current United States climate, it's going to be basically the first thing that's normal since 2020, since the first part of 2020. Uh, baseball is still operating on its 162 game schedule. I mean, sure, there's the opportunity for games to be canceled and such. Truthfully, in baseball, there's the opportunity for games to be canceled because of rain. That's that also happens, just so everyone knows. But we are we are moving back into a sense of normalcy when it comes to baseball. It's it's the normal schedule. Spring training has been going on for like eight months now. It seems to be never ending. Baseball will have opening day. Many teams are allowing fans. And even though it won't be the full capacity, I know that the Rangers announced that they're going to do full capacity. I think even then it's, it's not going to be full capacity. The Rangers aren't the Dodgers. This is going to be something normal for fans to do. You will probably see a lot of maybe not attendance records, but people are, they're going to sell out games. Every team is going to sell out games because people want that sense of normalcy. So they're going to go to Pirates games. They're going to go to Orioles games, teams that are on the lesser end because they want that sense of normalcy. And even if it's a little bit different, wearing a mask, something like that, again, not a doctor, not getting into that side of it. People are going to be excited for baseball this year because it's normal. I <clears throat> I haven't really paid attention to baseball. I mean, we're still in the um, nap phase of baseball, basically, where you can take a nap by putting MLB Network on because spring training's there. Um, I think people even who work at MLB Network, like our friend Adnan, I don't even know if he likes spring training. I, I just feel like sometimes spring training's unnecessary. And when you get to the season and, and you, you're saying that it'll be the most fun season, I think we need to be fully in a stage. I mean, if you look at the people that are probably going to be able, it, it's probably going to depend on states really. Right. It's probably going to, you know, right. depending on like, I'm sure Miami Marlins will have no restrictions and, you know, they're probably going to have 10 people at the ballpark um, for corn dog night, you know, because no one wants to go to that ballpark that they didn't want to begin with, but that has nothing to do with the restrictions that has everything to do with why that that's like I said, the Rangers, they're going to be at full capacity, but can you name one player on the Rangers right now? No, that's a great, that is a, that's a great game. Can you name someone on this sports team? I can't name a Miami Martin. Can you? Um, John Carlos Stanton's not there anymore. The only one that I know currently is Starling Marte because he was traded from the pirates. Okay, I'm going to uh, try to find a bell sound effect for that and, and give you a ding there. Um, but, I mean, the, the baseball season, I think really where it might become a fun season is always right around the June time period. And then you hit the dog – I mean, the dog days of summer in July are brutal, brutal. Um, because there's nothing other than training camp storylines, person A's holding out, mm -hmm. and baseball. Nothing against baseball. I'm sure people who are hardcore into it love the dog days of summer because it's nothing but baseball. But, I mean, like the Pirates, like even if it is a fun season and things get back to normal, how many Pirate fans are they going to allow? How, you know, all those kind of things. And I think we're kind of seeing that in spring training. Some teams have allowed – a good amount of people 
some not so much. I mean, I, I saw a Dodgers game on MLB Network the other night scrolling through, and uh, there was, like, no one there. They only allowed, like, 15 20% capacity. Mm-hmm. And the Oakland Athletics, I don't know if you saw this, but they are going to be allowing fans this season to purchase seats with Bitcoin. How are they going to limit that on capacity? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Sounds like something that they need to figure out and something that I don't have to worry about. Um, I don't know if the Pirates know what Bitcoin is yet, so we might be safe for at least another season before I have to get my Bitcoin out. Um, but I, I think more I think more in, in this point, the, the last thing I'll say about it is just in going to the ballpark, right? Because a lot of people have not been afforded the opportunity to go to a game um, in, the, in the past calendar year. There, there's been a limited number of people that have been able to go to a sporting event. And, and I know hockey's kind of open back up. And again, this, this really does depend on states. And this is not meant to be a political discussion, but each state will do it differently based on their, their health experts and experts and such. But there was not a lot of people at football games, you know, just, just based on where, you know, just the total population of people that could be at games in a season, there wasn't that many. Hockey's the same way. Baseball is a fun sport to be at. Um, those first couple games, though, they're cold. Hold out. Wait until May to go to a game. I've been into opening day twice. A lot of fun. Great energy. Don't go to opening day. It's cold. It is crazy cold. Wait until May. Wait until June. Take in a game. And I think I think we'll have more fun, but we'll also appreciate it more that we're back at the ballpark and able to do it. This leads me into my final hot take, which uh, this is going to be tricky. That's my hot take. Uh, The UFC, look, Dana White has done everything correct. Everything he has done as the president of UFC never made a wrong move. I think the only time he made a bad move might have been bringing in CM Punk. And CM Punk took two years to train and got walloped in both of his matches. Did you see the story in Jacksonville on April 24th? He is going to have a full 15,000 uh, fans at the arena. Probably going to have to wear masks. Now I doubt that they're going to test everyone. Three title fights, Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman last time they fought back in fight Island in July of last year on July 8th. Uh, Jorge took that fight on six days notice. It still went the distance somehow. I, I, I like both of those guys. Typically I try to, you know, I like one fighter over the other type of thing, but I love both of those guys and their personality, the way they do, do their interviews, the way they train, uh, their regiments, those kind of thing. I don't know, man. I, I feel like, um, when, when quarantine happened last year, they were the first back you know, but they didn't have fans. They were the first back. They did a title fight with Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. And it was so weird to watch it because it wasn't at the apex yet. Everyone was still trying to figure it out, but they were the first sporting event back. Now they're going to be the first sporting event back with full fans Mm -hmm. at full capacity. I don't know. I don't know because essentially what this is going to tell me going forward as a fan who wants to be back at the ballpark or back at a football game this fall, this is a testing ground, right? Because 15,000 people. Now, how are you even going to know if those people test positive, right? Because we're still trying to do the things the right way, but it's also, it's not just going to be a testing event really for sports. 
let's be honest, whatever happens at this event on April 24th, this will open either open or close the door on concerts, movies, festivals, you name it, comedy clubs, because everyone's going to see, okay, so the UFC can do it this way. Let's do it this way. And we're going to follow our own guidelines, but kind of do it similar how they did. I don't know, but it is going to be fascinating. And we're only about four weeks away. The, the word that you use to describe it in the, in your very first sentence is the word that I would use to, and it's tricky because again, this, this goes back to every state's going to do it different, right? So if they're going to do it in Florida, obviously we know just as a, as a whole, Florida has probably had the least amount of restrictions the entire time. Again, this is not a political discussion, but it's just the honest truth of, of what we had. There is, there is a lot riding on this and, and it's still a small sample size because this is certainly not that of a, of a, um, like an NFL game where we're talking upwards of 70,000 fans. Uh, but it's a good look at what we're going to have for a lot of maybe even like indoor sports um, just because they have around the same amount of fans, but then how do we apply that on a, on a larger scale when it comes to like baseball, which is, you know, what, 27 to 35, depending on the, on the stadium. I mean, every, every stadium is different, right? I'm not, I'm not an oh, expert. And, and hockey and NBA will still be going into their postseason. So if they see that that works, nothing tells me that they will not have full fans if that works for the UFC during their postseason games. Right, exactly. Now, remind me, because I'm, I'm not as big into the NBA. I, I know it enough to talk about it on our show, but have, have different places been allowing fans for NBA games? Uh, so, so far, unless I've, unless I haven't seen, you know, certain venues, but for my count, only seven venues have had seven or eight venues have done fans. And as the season has gone on, there's been more and more, but, um, Knicks, Brooklyn, um, which just last month, uh, Washington, no, um, Florida, obviously. Yes. I mean, you look at a Miami heat game down there and you think that it doesn't exist, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple other teams, um, Lakers, I, I didn't, I haven't seen anyone at games still. So, I mean, it just depends. Cavaliers is kind of interesting. The Cavaliers have had probably the most I've seen, which is about 22,000. Oh, okay. So, I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely people there. And, and I think similar with hockey too, a lot of places are starting to open back up, allow fans. in. I know that the Penguins and Flyers, again, I, I'm more of a Penguins fan than just an overall hockey fan. So, I know that they've started to allow fans back. So there's, there's definitely that model, but you're right. There's, there's kind of a lot riding on this and, and even in the form of so much else. Um, I, I know, I know my girlfriend probably gets tired of me saying it, but just looking at my concert schedule for the summer, all I can think of is, man, I, I hope that we have these because that was supposed to be my schedule last year and it just, everything got moved around, but this this is kind of the test, and I, I think that you will see other other things take this risk uh, when it comes to sports or concerts or anything like that. But there's there's going to be other places open back up and, and open back up soon when it comes to capacities. I, I know a lot of stuff still operating like 25, 50 percent. Very few are operating at 75 or 100, but it's it's going to go gradually up. I know even Pennsylvania, who's had a lot of tough restrictions through this. Um, they had a 25% um, 25% cap on outdoor events and they've moved it to 50 hmm. and they've moved it to a 25% cap on indoor events. 
So it's, it's gradually getting better. It's going to take time. There's still a lot to go but on the back end when it comes to uh, the testing and the vaccines. Again, for the hundredth time, we are not doctors. We are, are not insightful on that process. We are just looking at it from a sports perspective and, and a bigger perspective. But I, I think by summer, we're going to start to see a lot of places allowing full capacity. And, and by September, I, I truthfully think that we'll see um, most NFL stadiums trying to allow full capacity if they can. Yeah, we need to get back to this stage. Yeah. Who, is a, who, who do we have fighting here? Is this, a, is this a women's fight? Yeah, this is a women's street fight, apparently, uh, for the women's championship. And she's bringing out a fire extinguisher. Oh, no, she sprayed her. Oh, no, she hit her with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Who's uh, who, who do we have in the match? Uh, we have Trish Stratus. Oh, Trish Stratus. Okay, I, I do remember Trish Stratus. Who's the other one? Uh, her name is Victoria. So I, I don't remember her. Yeah. Um, Great radio. <laughs> yeah, we're, ju we're just here watching WWE. So if you sign up for Peacock, you can watch what we're talking about. <laughs> but that's, um, that's part of the show. So uh, my last hot take here, this – this might be a little bit – this might fall into our nuclear take category, depending on how you take it. So free agency, we've talked a little bit about it and some of the signings and markets when it comes to teams in the NFL. Well, one signing over the last, uh, I guess, day, day and a half now, is one that I actually really love. And it's not a traditional one, but it's one that I really love. I love, love – the Bills signing Mitchell Trubisky. I love that signing. And here's why. So I love it because <laughs> I love it because this is going to, in my opinion, this is going to be one of those situations where Trubisky goes in to be the backup behind Josh Allen. He is not taking Josh Allen's job. We know that he is going to go in and be a backup. Inevitably, he will play at some point during this, this year. And this is going to be, um, oh, well, he played for – we saw what he could do in that limited action with the Bills. Maybe, maybe he is our franchise quarterback. He's going, to get a, he's going to get a contract after this year. Somebody will see him in that limited action, and they will pay him. Because the same thing happened with guys like Mike Glennon, where they just kept signing contracts. And he may not be some superstar quarterback, but Mitchell Trubisky will get paid in 2022. I love that he's going to the Bills, attaching himself to a team that has success. In his role, he will play, and Mitchell Trubisky will sign a big contract in 2022. Is that in the crystal ball? Sure. Wow. Okay. That, yeah, that's bold. I, you might as well say, you, are, you think Andy Dalton was a good signing too? Because that's how bold it is. Okay, so think about, Think about how boring and monotonous the Bengals' offenses were of past, and think about how boring the Bears' offense is just in general. There is not a better match made in heaven than the Andy Dalton Bears signing. Uh, look, that's that's extremely bold. I I don't know, man. That That's really bold. I mean, for you to say that, Mitch Trubisky is not good. I mean, I keep trying to wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's just not a good quarterback. He strikes me as classic backup face, uh, kind of similar like Jim Sorge or Charlie Whitehurst. 
like just a classic backup face. You see the guy holding the clipboard and you feel, you feel good knowing that you have a crappy backup quarterback and you're going to be not great, but eh, you could get by in like a half. maybe. Um, but I mean, if he goes in for the bills, I mean, at least there's weapons around him. I mean, there wasn't really weapons around him in Chicago. I will, I will give you that. I will say low key, uh, the best free agency signing. It's, it's not that is uh, AJ Green going to the Arizona Cardinals for a one-year deal. That is a good deal. Um, oh, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is not the best signing, but I, yeah. I, I love it. That's in my, that's in my, this has potential to pay off. Uh, but I, you have to feel good for AJ Green, right? For as many years as they've suffered with the, the Bengals and not making playoffs and losing playoff games, um, the Cardinals are really trying to do something in Arizona, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I think they're uh, putting all the chips in and they're uh, they're doing the Rams thing and then just going for it. So kind of trying to shove it in Sean McVay's face that they can do. Yeah. So the 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 Rams are an intriguing one too because they're one of those teams that uh, Michael Brockers got paid too. And basically people are saying if you want to be a defensive end and get paid, go to the Rams on a one year contract, play with Aaron Donald for a year, and then you're good to go. All right. Do we understand weekend grab bag, Monday morning headlines? And uh, do we understand it's become one of our favorite segments? Um, so let's do that. I have two do we understand stories. The first, Piers Morgan scoffs at record-breaking Meghan Markle complaints. Most of Britain is behind me. Do we understand that? And then story two, do we understand comic book fandom? Because I know that I do, but I don't know if we do together because Justice League crashed, crashed. That's right. It crashed HBO Max server today, and it has been the number one trend on Twitter worldwide since, get this, 1 a.m. Eastern time this morning. It has been the number one trend worldwide on Twitter. You know what I don't understand about the first story? Saw a meme about this. It, you know, I need you to just to imagine this a verbal meme for everybody. I, I saw a, it was a picture of the interview with Meghan Markle and Oprah Winfrey, and it was the um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry or whatever his name is. I, I don't keep up with these people, but it's like life's really hard, isn't it? And then she looks over at Oprah and she goes, "Yeah." And they're both sitting on thrones of money. And like, I understand, you know, I understand that, you know, we, we have to take care of each other as human beings. We have to do this, but like, I don't, I don't have Oprah's money. I don't have Meghan Markle's money. Like I, you know, I, I feel like, I, I, I don't know, but like, I also don't understand the whole Britain's behind me thing. Like it just, I, I don't understand that whole dynamic and, and the whole Royal family dynamic of such. I, I try to honestly stay away from it as much as possible because it just, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. I guess I just don't understand the narrative of everybody over there and, and how that hierarchy works. Uh, we have enough crazy nonsense to deal with in America. So I don't need, I don't need another Royal family mucking up my, uh, mucking up my timeline. I don't think we understand the Royal family in general. Like no. maybe we should have like a Royal family expert on because like, just give us the basics. Tell us why it's so fascinating to people in the UK because I don't get it. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I, I understand like tragedy has stuck with, struck the family before, um, sure. you know, like Princess Diana. And, and now it seems like this 
is a tragedy in itself. But let's be honest here. I feel like the only thing that maybe either one of us understand out of this story is the fact that Meghan Markle, it feels like kind of pushed her, like her husband and herself away from the royal family, like almost trying to like divide them in a way. And then like just people really still pay attention to Piers Morgan anyway. Like he, so fun fact about Piers Morgan, I used to watch him because I, w- I would watch Larry King sometimes uh, in high school, like before I would go to sleep or whatever. And Piers Morgan took over that CNN show, whatever that was, after Larry King. And I was like, okay. And then uh, America's Got Talent, one of those talent shows. He was a judge on there with Sharon Osbourne, who is in a little bit of trouble herself for uh, a comment that she made on the talk uh, recently. But no, I, I don't think either of us understand the royal family in general. Um, so like for him to say that, like, I don't know, maybe. Most of Britain might be behind you, but I'm not most of Britain. So it, yeah, but I, I don't understand your thing. Um, I also apologize for anybody who hears the just absolute nonsense of nuisance birds outside of my apartment right now. I have my windows open. So if you get that on the recording, um, I would like to apologize for that flock out there. But, um, did you know that Queen Elizabeth has been reigning? For longer than Barack Obama's been alive. What? What? I saw it on the internet, so it has to be true. That's not real. Is that a? That's crazy. Oh, I have a stat in mind that's crazy too, but it, it has to deal with sports, not raining. That, that's almost as crazy as a space hotel. I'll never get over that story, by the way, because they're apparently starting to build it like very soon. Okay, so 1952, February 6th. That's that's when she was queen. That's when she was... Holy shit. And I'm here trying to search Barack February as if that has any meaning whatsoever. No, don't go back. Google is irritating me, Barack well, Obama. So that way we're not doing bad radio for the people here. 1961, yeah. she's So he, she had been reigning for like nine years whenever former president obama was born that makes no sense none um as far as the second story do we understand servers crashing because of comic book fandom because i have a feeling the falcon and winter soldier premieres today when you're listening to this on disney plus six episodes instead of eight like wandavision but my goodness my goodness it is um it's probably going to be the next Marvel pop culture thing over the next six weeks, right? I mean, it ha- I mean, they, they always knock stuff out of the ballpark anyway. Um, but, but by the way, before you answer that, I did watch uh, one of the first Oscar movies uh, the other night uh, called Mank. Mm-hmm. And uh, fantastic. It's about uh, the writer who wrote Citizen Kane. Uh, and it had Gary Oldman in that who was Jim Gordon and Batman. And um, yeah, no, very good. The whole thing was in black and white. Some people says that bothers him but i don't care i don't really mind black and white movies i mean if it's done correctly and and you know meant to tell like a story then yeah it makes sense but uh i actually do understand the comic book fandom and and the fact that it crashes servers um i don't necessarily understand comic books itself like that's not my personal interest now i know that there's you know it's very collectible they're very readable um there's a lot that goes into it right i mean you know i collect trading cards and and folks in the comic book world would be like well i don't like that we all have our things right everyone has their um their personal things and that's great but it makes sense that we're talking about 
something massive like this crashing a server. I mean, Disney Plus, it happens every week with a, with um, um, one division. So what's to say it can't do it somewhere else? And you know what? I kind of love it. I, I think if you have something successful enough that it can start breaking servers in this way, go for it. And, and I think that that's just a testament to the comic book fandom and, and the folks that do enjoy it, like the movies, read the books. Um, although, it, again, it's not personally my thing and, and I don't understand it fully. Apparently, a lot of people love it and they more than deserve to, to crash the servers whenever they have something that comes out that they like. I did watch the Snyder Cut that I told you off air. Four hours and two minutes, six parts. Uh longest thing i mean it's a movie but i mean it's basically a miniseries i mean let's get real here like that's four hours and people binge watch hour-long tv shows all the time i mean you told me that you stayed up till past midnight or something binge watching uh, a show um like it was like two seasons i forget the show that you told me that it was but um like the snyder cut was worth the wait and um rotten tomatoes right now it's at 97 percent Critics are at 74, so, but it seems like that happens often with comic book movies. Critics don't like it, fans love it, and it's kind of the fans that matter in those things. I, I think the fans are the ones that matter anyway. I, not, that I, not that I think critics don't have a place whenever it comes to this kind of stuff, but if, if you, let, let's say I'm recommending a movie to you, you know, if, if there's something that I think that you would like that I've seen, I'm going to recommend it to you. I want to recommend something that I think that you would like. I'm not necessarily going to like all the same things as a critic. I don't know these people. So I want to, I want to hear it from somebody that I know what I like, like my, uh, like my dad today messaged me and said, Hey, there's this movie you got to check out. Okay. I, and I looked it up online and it has like a 20% rating, but I'm like, you know what? I trust him. I, I trust somebody that I know that has that similar taste or something. So if you're talking to somebody who has a, a similar taste, like with the comic book movies, and they say, hey, it was really good. I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to probably end up trusting them more than than a critic. At least I would personally. Hmm. I mean, really with anything, but I digress. So I have, I have one little quick note here about NFL free agency. Do we understand why Juju hasn't been signed yet? Attitude problems. Yeah, I, I think it has to do with the fact that I don't know if he's a full, true number one receiver. I think a lot of teams are seeing him as a two, not a one, and, and they're hesitant to give him $15 million a year. Um, might come back to the Steelers, who knows. But all right, so I have a couple here. Um, I'm going to start with – I want to start with another sports one because I want to have the non-sports one in the middle. Um this is actually a stat. I, I really want to uh, blow your mind here. You know who Steve Largen is? Uh, he was uh, a kicker, right? He was a receiver. Receiver okay. for the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. In the 70s. All right. He's a Hall of Famer. So when he retired in 1989, he was had the most receptions in NFL history. Do you know where he ranks now? I would guess like near the bottom. He is 31st. So since his retirement in 1989, there have been 30 players that have exceeded his reception totals. Hmm. Um, I understand it <laughs> because we are dealing with a completely different uh, NFL than we were back then. And 
even when we talk about the receiver market being a little bit lesser in 2021, um, there's still a lot more passes being thrown in these years than there ever was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a passing league these days and things move quickly. Um, I mean, we just talked about Juju. I mean, he's he's definitely a number two. He's not a number one. He probably wants number one money. Um, I mean, go to Arizona. That seems like the popular thing to do these days. So as far they as people, to have money to throw around. Yeah, uh, they have an endless piggy bank somewhere. But Steve Largent, first time I heard that name in a long time. I mean, it's been so long. I thought he was a kicker. So, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was a, a kicker that falls into, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, when you look at the scope of NFL history, you may miss the name Steve Largent if you're, yes. that's, that's reasonable. So, all right, I would like to do my my non-sports story now. This is one that I um, I think that you'll enjoy. I just want to I just want to read you the headline because when I read the headline before we started, I knew what it meant, but I had to think about it and then I read it more and I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is absolutely absurd. So this is the headline. Prolific 69-year-old stowaway Marilyn Hartman arrested for the 22nd time. So Marilyn Hartman just gets on planes that she does not have tickets for. It's the 22nd time she's been arrested for attempting to sneak onto a flight and violating orders to stay away from an airport. <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't understand that story. Um, I mean, like, I like flying. I like actually flying, I think, more than driving, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I don't like flying enough to do that. And also, the process sometimes of flying is annoying, right? The TSA check, the waiting for the flight. I, here's something crazy. One time, I had a flight actually delayed for six and a half to seven hours because they didn't have enough pilots to fly the plane that the airline that I booked it through. Um that is embarrassing. And so, I mean, her 22nd time, does it say when the order was effect or anything like that or how long she's been doing it? Uh, let's take a look here. Well, she was at Chicago. She's from San Francisco. And she's 69, uh, so she's had to done it quite a bit. But see, to, to actually one of your points, I'm reading this and talking at the same time. To your point, I actually do understand it because – going through the TSA checks and being a stowaway and just trying to just get into somebody's <laughs> luggage. That makes significantly more sense. She's just like you. She's just trying to beat the system. She likes flying more than driving too, so much so that she is willing to be arrested 22 times to try to sneak onto flights. Yes. Not to mention how many times she's done it and been successful. Yeah, that that's a great point, right? Because how many times has she done? I got a smile on my face talking about this story because Thinking about this lady, she is a trooper. How many times has she done it and not been caught? That is, and it also wouldn't shock me if she did it for like an international flight, right? Because like just walking off the plane, like into like Canada or something like that, you know, for an international flight. So you have, we both have a journalism background. It so nonchalantly says in the article, it says, this is the 22nd time that she has been arrested for attempting to sneak onto a flight. I don't know why that sentence is so funny to me, but just 
if somebody did it three times, I'd be like, you're crazy. But 22 is crazy. So it says the first time she was documented as doing it was in February of 2014 when she made it all the way through San Francisco security and onto a flight to Hawaii. So basically what I'm getting is this woman's just trying to go places and trying to not pay for it. Now that's without reading the other, you know, sets of the article. She tried again at San Francisco, uh, stopped at the security checkpoint. In 2014, we're only six years into this. So like she's done it, she's done it 22 times in the last six and a quarter years. Yeah. That by the way, real quick, uh, note on that sentence um is there an explanation mark because there's a great seinfeld bit in a episode where elaine breaks up with one of her boyfriends over not putting an explanation part uh, mark on a sentence that deserves it is there an explanation mark there no i just i unfortunately there's not i see where she wow. tried to um i see where she tried to take somebody's boarding pass and pose as somebody else Wow, this lady clearly does, uh, maybe she should just, does she give travel miles for this? I doubt it. Can uh, you get travel miles if you're trying to illegally sneak right, on the plane? Right, exactly. You just log your miles. She's trying to fly around the world in order, on her own time. I mean, respect for sneaking onto a flight to go to Hawaii. I mean, yeah, she wasn't sneaking enough. on a flight to go to Kansas City. I mean, I guess, you know, yeah. to each her own, but she's at least picking destinations that are worthy of time. Yeah, it's not like she's going to Des Moines, Iowa. Right, which, okay, what, whatever. You know what, do your thing, Marilyn. If you ever want to come on the podcast, we'd love to discuss this with you because I have a lot of questions. Um, all right, so my last thing here is something that, um, so you talk about something that you do. I, I mentioned that I do trading cards. So something that I saw in trading cards the other day, um, so I'm, I'm going to spare everybody the long explanation of this, but uh, in trading cards, they have game used jerseys. So you would get a card that is different from the base card. It includes a game worn jersey or, you know, a patch or an autograph of a player. Uh, but more recently, the last, I'd say, five or six years or so, one of the companies uh, does what's known as player worn stuff. So basically what that means is, like if you were going to the headquarters and doing a signing for them, so you were signing all your cards, they would have you wear a jersey to do that, and they would just put that jersey in the card. Mm. So there's a there's people that say, you know, I would rather you know have game used because I know it was actually used in a game. There's people that don't care. I'm not here to debate that. What I'm here to debate is is that there was a very rare card that came out a couple couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago. It was a Justin Herbert card. He's a rookie. He's coveted. The patch on the card said size 52 women's jersey so the little tag patch on the card said it was a women's jersey and we know that it's a justin herbert card do, do we understand where what what's going on there i mean did, does do we not have quality control do we not check these things are we not like clearly justin herbert's not wearing a women's jersey to do anything i i don't understand yeah, I, I think I don't understand cards in general. I mean, like, I know that's what you do, um, like, for your hobby, but I don't understand cards in general. I, I don't understand the guys that go around appraising cards either. Like, this card is worth this. This card is worth that. Like, how, how do you judge that? You know what I mean? Like, and also to make that your profession. Um, it's, it's like the people that are, like, buying top shots right now. Like, it, and that's such a fad. 
like you haven't heard that much about top shot since what like last month so you know that it's gonna not exist in like the next like couple months or whatever year did but, did you see where patrick mahomes sold something of that variety nfts non-fungible tokens for to raise like 3.4 million dollars in charity though so, I mean, people are basically just buying, in a sense, they're just buying digital art. Yeah. I can't hold it. Yeah, I just don't understand it. Um, the card profession as a whole, as far as like appraisers, people who collect them like you, that that's fine. But the appraising and the selling and then the, oh man, the, the people where, because uh, I've walked into these stores before, the people that walk in and they like look at your box of cards right away and they're like oh the whole thing's worth like 25 bucks like how do you know that you know what i mean like those guys or ladies are just not nice people i know there for a while now i was never an appraiser if you will i was i'd never kind of went into that thing uh people would tell me that their cards were worth a ton of money you know oh you know this is uh um, you know, this, I, I, my grandparents gave me this, this is worth a lot of money and it's all creased up and bent and terrible, but they're like, but it's, but it's a great player. Unfortunately, sometimes you do have to do what you said in the latter is you do have to bring people down because not everything's worth money. I hate to tell you that, but just because you have it doesn't mean it's worth money. And, and really anything in the world, something is worth what someone will pay for it. I think of it in terms of comic books too. There's a rare first edition of like a, a Superman comic. Somebody's like, oh, well, that's where, you know what? If somebody's willing to pay double that because they don't have it in their collection and they want it, that's what it's worth. And and cards are kind of the same way in that regard. But uh, it's funny, it, there's there's actually card shows where people do sell and whatnot. And I, I go in with that mantra of like, you know, this is what this is selling for. There's a book that like appraises cards and people will like show you in the book. They're like, but it says in this, I'm like, but, but no one's buying it for that. You, you can ask a hundred, but if someone's paying five for it, no one's going to buy it. Right. And nobody wants your women's tag Jersey thing either, <laughs> because that's just, we know it's fake. Maybe uh, the stowaway would maybe Maryland would, you know what I, if somebody came to me and said, we have a card of Marilyn Hartman and it's a airport used sweater with her autograph. I want it. If we can get yeah. a Marilyn Hartman card, I, I want that for my collection. I have a lot of respect for that woman. I, I don't necessarily agree with being arrested 22 times, but there is something to be said for just the, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. She just keeps getting arrested. <laughs> she doesn't care. She needs to um, invest in Halloween masks. Yeah. Um, or get like real detailed uh, makeup. Um, so we can grab bag. I mean, do we even need to say it? It is March Madness. The first play-in game uh, is on behind me. Mount St. Mary's is at uh, half right now up. But I mean... It's March Madness, key games to look out for this weekend. Moorhead State, WVU, Arkansas, Colgate, that'll be a track meet. Tennessee, Oregon State, Villanova, Winthrop. I'm telling you, Winthrop could make a deep run, and don't be surprised to see them in the Elite Eight. They are a dangerous, very good team on the outside. You got the ones who are probably going to crush, you know, the 16 seeds, although it does happen. And, I, I mean, you can back me up on this, like – 
it is shown in March Madness that a 16 seed will typically be up at half at, on a one seed. And the only time where it's actually gone through was the UMBC game. But, I mean, it makes the game interesting. That, that's for sure. And then, I mean, you have the ones who will play the eights or the nines. A lot of people love Loyola Chicago this weekend over Georgia Tech and then playing that second matchup and winning. So we'll see what happens there. I, it's a big weekend, huge weekend, uh, so much action. Well, one thing that I mentioned when it came to baseball is, is kind of the sense of normalcy and, and that stuff would be coming back. But I think you can even make the argument that March Madness almost kind of starts that. This is the first March Madness game for the tournament that we've had in 710 days. Oh. This is the first time we've seen this since 2019. And of course, you know, this, this comes on the heels of a lot of things and, and a lot of unfortunate, you know, people have lost friends, family members and such, but it, it feels, it feels right to be back into that sense of normalcy and, and watching teams that you've never heard play teams that, you know, or maybe even other teams that you've never heard and just watching it all weekend long, you, because you feel like you can get behind these teams. Like uh, what I know VCU's made a deep tournament run. You find yourself rooting for them. You're like, I love that. I want to see them do it. I wanted UMBC to go all the way whenever they beat, um, whenever they beat Virginia a couple years ago. Uh, who was the other one? Robert, was it Rob? No, it wasn't Robert Morris. Um, George so, Mason. George Mason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The original uh, OG uh, Cinderella run. Yeah, the OG Cinderella run. But, you know, you, you find yourself attaching yourself to these teams and, and falling in love with players that you – they're playing their last games. You've just never heard of them before. But it, it's a feeling of normalcy. Basketball's back. Tournament time's back. And, and you know what's even better is, is we're going to enjoy these first couple of days because it really is the madness of it all. But we still have more weeks of this whenever we get down to the champion. We are going to crown a champion this year in college basketball. It's not going to be a it's not going to be a null year like last year was. We will have a champion in college basketball through hell or high water. And I'm excited for it no matter who it is, because basketball and March Madness is back. Very excited. Can't wait. I will say Monday morning headlines. We got one day left of action because remember, it's typically Thursday to Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Monday, you have to regroup over the weekend. You go into Monday and you still got a whole nother day of round of 32 uh, action. Monday morning headline is Cinderella teams win on Friday and Saturday, lose Sunday, Monday. So that's maybe a Tuesday headline. But I mean, it really is kind of the case. You look at teams, whether it's a 12 or 13 or 14, whatever it is, 15 seed Florida Gulf Coast was the only 15 seed to ever make a sweet 16. So mm -hmm. it's very hard to do after you make that shocking first win and get over the second hump. I think Winthrop is that team. If I had to pick another team that might do that, it's Georgetown or Oregon State, a couple other 12 seeds. Because if you look, all three of those teams have had fantastic runs over the last month and a half, especially Georgetown and Oregon State, right? They wouldn't have made the tournament unless they won their conference. So conference tournament, that is. So I do think there's going to be upsets. I think WBU is going to lose to Moorhead State. I think Arkansas is going to lose to Colgate because they're still kind of trying to reeling from the SEC loss, but that's going to be a track meet. I think maybe, possibly, um, Ohio uh, could beat um, – well, who's Ohio playing? 
I don't have my bracket up. I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up right now. But the, but the point is, I mean, you know, I, I feel like there's going to be so, – uh, okay, yeah, Ohio uh, playing Virginia. I think they could beat Virginia. Oh. Um, so, I mean, th- there's, a, there's a lot going on this weekend, and, and that, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, I think uh, one, one of my other things here is it's not necessarily a Monday or Tuesday morning headline, but uh, the teams that do upset bigger schools and, and those smaller schools um, look for a headline down the road that their enrollments are up. There's, there's yeah. data to prove that those schools that whenever they kind of make those big runs, people want to start applying to them. Like UMBC saw a huge spike in applications after that. So uh, for all of you out there making your college decisions, watch this weekend for the tournament. You never know where you might end up. Yeah, that uh, UMC, UMBC was the most Googled thing in the world for like two days after they beat Virginia. So, um, and I didn't it's even know they were an amazing still an amazing follow on social media oh really the UMC oh, yeah. twitter okay i'll have to check every once out. in a while every once in a while they come out with something maybe maybe it's not all the time but it's worth checking in on because sometimes they come up with something uh they'll, they'll be hot this weekend i can just feel it that they'll be hot this weekend well speaking of staying hot our twitter is going to be red hot over this weekend march madness central march madness baby um, and if they want to follow more of our stuff, whether it's Instagram, um, how, how are they going to do that? Uh, where are they going to follow us? Where are they going to listen to us? You're listening to us on Apple. You're listening to us on Spotify. You can search us to Ryan Sports Show on either of those platforms. Find us there to listen to the show. Be sure you're subscribed. You can unsubscribe, subscribe again, but make sure you rate and review the show on those platforms. Let us know how you're enjoying it. You can find all of our socials to Ryan Sports Show. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Twitter's probably, like you said, going to be the hottest one over the weekend just because of all of the crazy stuff that's going to go on with, with this weekend and, and literally March Madness. We've said it 10 times, but we'll say it 10 more. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, to Ryan Sports Show. Follow us on there. Let us know how you're enjoying the show, but make sure you're subscribed, rating, and reviewing the show on Apple and Spotify as well.